So, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you listen. This. this is Matthew Bailey alongside my critique and founding crime, Ricardo Medina. Hello, hello, hello. And this is another episode of Bears Beats and Bailey. Uh, so, before we start, um, well, we have to share, you know, some bad news, actually. Well, not bad for us, fortunately, but just bad for a lot of people down here in Trinidad and Tobago. Um, yeah. Yeah, so there was some heavy, heavy rainfall, which um, affected us um, on Friday the 19th of uh, October. That's like a couple of days before the time of this recording here. Um, yep. So, like, I had to go to work on that day and, like, I was just seeing rain drizzling, you know, in town, in Port of Spain. Now. And yep. fortunately, I'm, I'm in the back home. And uh, But just the next day, just hearing the news, just seeing all these, these uh, um, all this footage and whatnot, you know, just a bunch of areas being affected with flood water and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, yeah. um, uh, apparently some people saying it's like the worst we've gotten in like 20 years. So that, uh, that, that's just crazy. Again, this is the problem, problem of, of horrible, horrible management of, you know, housing and putting houses and, and buildings where you're not supposed to put them. Like, I don't yeah. mind housing. That's great. But you had to plan that shit ahead of time. Yep. Um, this is this is the problem. So a lot of people in places where they're not supposed to be, and then on top of that, we have a very very obnoxious problem of plastic bottles. Yes, yes, yes. Hey, how about we we come have on. we had campaigns, we had a documentary that came out just the other day for the film yeah, festival it, addressing this yeah, topic, and yet like you know topic. we still had a deal with this way. Yeah, um, so, well, I I I haven't um, been up. Encountered any major flooding myself. Um, just I've seen stuff online um, where um, drainage is relatively fine because you know shit get planned ahead of time. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, you did you have specific flooding where you're living directly, or you had anything major for you? No. Um. But in um, La Hoqueta, that's that's one of the right, areas in Arima. Okay. Yeah. Like yeah. I haven't been there, but um, one of one of my um, well, one of my church sisters, if you will, was saying that. Um, right. Yeah, they, um, they got severely affected, actually, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. From yeah. what I understand, the Hokuto was particularly bad. And then, of course, Karani Talparo, that general area was really bad. <laughs> really yes, bad. yes, yes, yes. We always have a kind of perpetual problem with Karani and, and AD Basin because there's chunks of Trinidad that is literally under sea level. So, yeah, yeah no surprise. And then, of course, Port of Spain is Port of Spain because Port of Spain is horribly planned um, when oh, it comes boy. to dream. yeah. San Fernando is brilliantly planned when it comes to June. The probability of San Fernando having flood is quite low. Okay. Right? Probably of, yeah, because you know everything is the whole thing is there's a big damn hill, right? Um, yeah. But you know, North Trinidad is reclaimed land, so just a little quick civil engineering run through there. When you reclaim land and you don't drain it properly, like say the Dutch did, you expect mm-hmm. a flood, right? Enjoy. Yeah. So yeah. And Trinidad. Um my only yeah. issue are worried about. It's just the spread of disease because this is like a problem. Like seriously, you can have a uptick in some nasty behavior. Um, the usual yeah. bullshit. I just, I just added. The only thing I'm seriously worried about is probably a cholera outbreak or something like that. Um, that's about uh, it. Well, everything that, else. That, that's something I honestly haven't really thought about, but that's a very good point. Yeah, and then of course the side effects stuff we could worry about, but again, that's something generally perpetual in Trinidad, which is mosquito-borne illnesses. Uh, of course. Yes. Oh boy. Anything, guys. Yeah, hell, hell, hell of a way to lead into to, to the Christmas season, huh? but anyway. 
So, I mean, hopes and uh, thoughts and prayers go out to those who are yeah. affected right now. Yeah. yeah. And then, well, um, because um, I, I was following some drama that went down in UE. Um, apparently, there's some drama involving. Oh, yes, yes. A girl got assaulted, or she was, I'm not sure, she was stabbed. Uh, I'm not too clear what happened, but apparently, it had some big set of drama in UE with some student and they blocked the gate, South Gate, yeah. apparently. Uh, anyway. It's basically this big protest that they had because of, you know, a number of robberies and, you know, well, right. uh, apparently rapes that took place there, you know, because wow. there's sort of lack of security now. So, yeah, I mean, right. a majority of the students, they were furious. And I just saw bits of the footage as well, you know, um, two students being like, um, I don't want to say brutally, but just forcefully, um, you know, right. apprehended yeah. and, and put into a police car, now, you know, and right. that just That's trip a lot of people off now, you know. So right, yeah, la- la- last week has been has been rather rough, you know, down much. here in Sweet TNT. Right. But uh, well, you know what you do, you know we always kind of find a way to rise above that eh? because we streeties. That's what we do. You know, well, we, yeah. we don't have the resilience yeah. of say Haitians, but you know, right. you know, we we do what we uh, can. Yeah, yeah, it's so bad, but yeah. I don't know. Of course, of course I expecting Wasa to be incompetent because Wasa gonna Wasa. Yes, uh, <laughs> Wasa's gonna Wasa. Right. Uh, uh, yeah. But they think I've heard some good and some good stuff like I heard that um, PTSD doing free drops from Tong to thing for the next week apparently. So I yeah, agree. So yeah, that's, that's great. So, yeah. Yeah, like, like that. Okay. And then we'll have, you know, normal campaigns for normal campaigns to send clothes clothes wherever it is. Those disaster relief stuff now. It's utterly shocking that, you know, we are it's such a small island. We still have to de- deal with these things. But you know, that's what happens when you have generally banal corruption of government and general yeah. The usual bullshit. Well, yes. so, so yes, let, let, let's not get into politics here. So the reason why I brought this up is because yes. um, I wanted to take in the new Halloween movie and I actually was preparing myself to watch it by looking yes. back at, um, well, I've seen the first Halloween already. Um, actually, right. there was a special screening that was at UE and um, this guy who apparently knew John Captain in real life. Yes. Um, I went, was dude. Yeah, I was there for that. Oh, right, right. You, yeah, you were there yeah, too, right, right, right. And I remember asking him, yeah, I remember asking him if, uh, if John Carpenter was going to do any more movies because we haven't heard anything right. from him. And he says, well, no, because he, he just kind of coming off like he just kind of done. He just kind of tired of making films. So, right. lo and behold, here we have a new Halloween movie. But, of course, he's not directing it. But, yes, he is involved in it. But, Bad news, guys. Um, unfortunately, we did not see the movie. Um, apparently, you didn't want to see it all together. So, I, this, yeah, this I, actually caught my surprise. Yeah, I couldn't care about this. I'm actually surprised. Not a fan of the Halloween franchise. So, I'll, um, I'll, I'll talk about the franchise and maybe, right. yeah, my 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 so thought of the franchise itself. Right. So when I heard when I heard that they bring back a new Halloween, but they bring it back, they kind of quote quote unquote going back to basics. I just was thinking the new Predator movie all over again. I sure. you know it's gonna be. It's going to be Halloween Genesis. That was I was expecting. <laughs> Another yeah. sort of bullshit. Like what we got with Predator earlier this year. So yeah. I was like, I feel in this and, you know, whoever. But one reason why I wanted to see it is not just because um, Jamie Lee Curtis returns as Laurie Strode, which I'll talk about later on, but basically because this will be um, one of, well, probably the first non-Weinstein company assisted um, Halloween movies we've got. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, all the fallout of Weinstein kind of going through, so, right, right. 
Yeah, exactly. Because since um, I think it was Halloween H2O back in 1998, right. that's when Dimension Pictures was involved. Now. And the last one being the Rob Zombie Halloween 2, which I'll bring up in a bit. But yeah, all that right. aside, though, um, I, I personally wanted to see the new Halloween because I heard a lot of great things about it. But unfortunately, because of this rain and just the, the, the outcome of that, um, apparently, although I, um, I can't really say for sure, but one of my friends WhatsApp me this um, this message. Actually, all cinemas right. were closed yesterday time this recording, so yeah, I couldn't get to yeah. see shit. So I decided to get back to watching season three of Daredevil, which we will talk right. about at the end of this um, of this podcast. Um, right. Also, speaking of Netflix, you took in an Indonesian action flick, which is actually yeah. the first the first Indonesian action movie uh, released by Netflix called The Night Comes for Us. Yeah, um, I didn't even know that it, that this movie existed until you mentioned to me yesterday through Facebook. Saw the yeah. trailer for it, thought it was badass, but unfortunately didn't get around to what uh, didn't get to, to to see it though. So uh, okay. you'll you'll fill me in on, on how that was. Um, okay. And as promised, well, seeing that I did not get to see Halloween, I might as well jump into, into it one time. Now we're gonna start back. Black Sheep Reviews, which <laughs> if I remember yeah. from last year around Halloween where I talked about uh, where I launched this. So it's basically me just talking about that one movie, that one movie in your favorite horror franchise, which even if you're a diehard fan of the franchise, you, you just can't defend that one that one movie. So that's yeah. why I call it the Black Sheep. It's just that one movie you can't forgive. You cannot love it. You can let it slide a little bit, but it's like, nah, just get rid of this shit. The reason, so, the, reason why, yeah, the reason why you knock it so badly is because it's part of a great franchise. Like, it really have no excuse being that bad. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. So, the film I'll be talking about, of course, is Halloween Resurrection. Yeah. <laughs> the one that everybody just loves to hate, right? So, know, before yes. I get to that, my, my history with Halloween. So, I will confess something. I am not the biggest fan of the Halloween franchise, neither. Yeah. I acknowledge and respect the first movie. I mean, it is one of John Carpenter's first movies. You know, he was kind of started off, you know, his, his films like, you know, Assault and Precinct 13 were rough around yeah. the edges, but, you know, they still, it, there was still that raw talent that you were seeing on screen. Um, whether it's just by the aesthetic of it, the kind of prettiness it, or, of course, just the music that that um, he, of course, composed, you know. And, of course, the, the Halloween theme song is so iconic, you know. Uh, it was just amazing that it's so simple. And how he does design it with these, you know, just that the you know the synth and the electronic piano and all that kind of stuff, but it yeah. still kind of evokes that feeling of fear. There. So like, if we could just take one thing out of that original movie or just the whole franchise, is just that music. That do 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 do. Yes, it's just iconic, right? So saw the first one a few times already, enjoyed it, didn't love it. Um, I would admit I was let down the first time because you know when you think slasher expecting to see blood and you know boobs and all that kind of stuff but right. it was like real low-key in, in both regards though like there was nudity but not that much nudity there wasn't any blood to say at least there was none at all but still just that feeling of fear that that the that the film evoke was great even though like when you when you had it like when you kind of sit down and think about it a lot of implausible things happened in that in that movie especially with regards to michael myers right. you know for one thing, you've been in an asylum for like what fifteen years, and suddenly you know how to yeah. friggin' drive a car. No, that's <laughs> one of the problems I've had with it was the whole, you know, magic borderline magic abilities that Michael Myers seemed to have. 
you know, yes, he fall yes, off. Yes. That thing, he get back up and move around. How yeah, you move Mark, around? Mark so like six shots, right? Six shots fall, yeah. and all of a sudden he disappears, right? So right, that bullshit. So yeah. and not and, and that stuff like that is just throwing me out of stuff. Like like, look, if if it established that you have magic stuff, then I suppose I can accept it. But it have no other reason to think. It have no reason to think that you have any of these like supposed powers. So why would he be doing these things? Exactly. So, like, if you were to compare this with, say, Friday the 13th, which, of course, is very um, highly influenced by the, the success of, you know, the, the, well, the first Halloween movie. Um, yes, it was a killer going around killing people at Camp Crystal Lake, and you realize it was the mother of Jason Voorhees who died. But then with the subsequent sequels, you realize, well, no, well, well she kind of resurrect, resurrected her son, used, like, you know, black magic right. to bring him right. back. So it kind of right. makes sense for him to die and come right. back in this case yeah, yeah. Once, my thing is once you establish your rules or you right. at least establish some kind of vague magic-y bullshit i have no problem you know i end you sell me right but yeah the movies never did that like at, as far as i know really so why is this dude so strong and so powerful and why he can do all this? and i yeah. that's something i can never accept so and, it's like and well, the excuse the excuse is always like what um oh gosh the the dr loomis Played by the late great Donald Pleasant says it's pure evil. It's right. it's motivated by pure evil. So pure evil motivate right. a man right. who's in asylum to, to 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 escape and drive a car and go to Haddonfield and look I, for these people and kill them. Like really, again, I have no problem if you say pure evil, blah blah blah, because whatever. It have, it have enough real world cycles who you could just call pure evil. My problem is that you have magic powers. That's, That's no the thing, and you haven't established it, right? Right. Yeah. That's my and it, look, it's up to you. I, again, I'm not saying basic, basic bitch shit with this. Like, it's about enough, enough people out here who, like, have no problem moving forward from stuff like that. Uh, but I don't know. That, that just stick me out. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Now, just like with Predator, I could let the first movie slide when it comes to, you know, your little mystery stuff now. You know, why, why, why? How are you surviving the end, you know? Could this add to the allure of Michael Myers? He always came off right. like this mysterious guy i think that was like the the, the biggest the, the the sorry the the best thing about him you know just that you don't know right. about you don't really know much about it except he was a kid who at six years old murdered his um older sister and, and um his and her boyfriend and that's all you really know basically right but anyway right. so cut a few years later we had um halloween 2 um which was directed by rick uh, rosenthal right and yeah. what surprised me with halloween 2 is that it literally follows right after the end of the first movie. Although, you can look at it now and laugh. Um, in, in Halloween 2, he gets shot seven times, but in the first movie, he gets shot six times. But, you know, whatever. That's, that's a goof. But anyway, so it follows right afterwards. Yes, so he gets up, he's walking around, he kills random people, and once again, you know, ma- true, true, true magic, finds himself in the same hospital <laughs> where yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis's character, Laurie yeah. Strode, is, put, is, um, is, is being treated at. Somehow, somehow, eh, he just finds his way into that exact hospital, right? And the rest of the movie is just him basically trying to get there to try to kill her and all that kind of stuff, right? But it's not the best sequel in the world, but I, I can acknowledge it and because um, it follows right after the first one. I thought that was pretty cool, though. They kind of amp up the violence a lot more in this one here. Uh, a number of over-the-top deaths and whatnot. But it was effective, even though, once again, Michael just doing all kind of crazy shit. There's one scene where he literally walks through a glass door. Like, walks straight through a glass door just because he had a right. he had a stab lorry, right? But the big thing that made Halloween 2 stand out, um, and I actually forgot this, this even happened, 
is that we learned that um, Lori is actually Michael's um, younger sister. Right. Yeah. So right. this was this was like a shock to people. Like, holy shit! That's why he's he, he's trying to kill Lori, even though right. it was just like he just went and started killing her friends off, and then he went for <laughs> in the first movie or whatever, right? right. So then we had <laughs> Halloween Tree, Season of the Witch, right? And this was what? Like, okay, so let's say this one time. Um, because I didn't have a lot of time on my hands, I couldn't watch all the Halloween movies. So I skipped four, I skipped five, because I heard... I, sorry, I skipped four, five, and six, because I heard all those movies were bullshit, right? But they said that Halloween Tree was pretty interesting, right? Like, one of the best yeah. in the series. And I was like, all right, let me check and see, right? So, but what John Carpenter and Deborah Hill at the time was trying to do Emphasis they were trying to do was set up like this universe, now, this Halloween universe, similar to like a conjuring, you know, like how conjuring is right now. You have different stories basically now. So the idea is that they will be, you know, event based. So they'll always be based on Halloween, but they don't necessarily have to be about Michael Myers. So in this case, it was this kind of weird story about like this, like cult. Uh, this cult that was like using this commercial, this Halloween commercial to brainwash people and then there was like robots or droids involved, it, it was insane it was like this sci-fi horror mashup and to me I didn't care for this movie at all Like I understand why some people like it because different and I, I mean I praise the team involved in trying to do something different and trying to stray away from the Michael Myers shit because you had to think about it that you know early 80s all these slasher flicks and then of course you know Friday 13th basically kind of riding on the success of Halloween but I don't know Halloween 3 just didn't do anything for me the story made no sense it was some, it was like a, a really shitty episode of the, the Outer Limits even right down to the end that just had me like what the fuck was this but yeah, yeah. overall didn't really care for Halloween 3 at all like okay you wanted to do something different little sci-fi thing whatever but no don't, didn't care right. right right cut in the 90s now and we started to see this new uh, breed of, of Sasha films, right? I wouldn't say it started with Wes Craven's Scream back in 96, but I would say that was like one of the ones that really bring back the Sasha film now. And I mean, Scream is still, you know, great for what it is, right? That scene's a masterpiece, but yeah. it's still a great, fun, you know, Sasha flick, right? But then from there, you know, you had stuff like I Know What You Did Last Summer, you know, I Still Know What You Did Last Summer, Urban Legend, right. you know, all these, 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 um, the slasher flickster. So, of course, it was interesting that at, in, in the year 1998, we would have um, Halloween H2O 20 years later, right. which is, which at the time would have sounded like a real cool name, but when you look at it now, it's kind of like, yeah, this is this is really cheesy. You know, H2O, ooh, you know what I mean? But yeah, but yeah. Um, basically, this is where Michael Myers returns to, well, not into Haddonfield, but he returns to track down Laurie Strode. And in this case, um, she changed her name. She's working in this um, this university. I think it is, right? Um, her, she, has a, uh, she has a son. It's Josh Hartnett, of all people. So this is like the first time you ever see him on screen. You also see um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, actually, um, in this movie. First okay. time on screen. And okay. yeah, he was one of the first people to get killed, too. Well, uh, Michelle... I um I don't know like probably, he he looked like he was like sixteen you know like fifteen sixteen he looked he was very he looked really young but more like right. mid teen age you know what I mean same thing with uh, with Josh Hartnett uh, Michelle right. Williams was there too I think this is like the first time you saw her on screen um but this one here like I said before well even though once again bringing up the whole magic thing is like okay twenty years pass we haven't seen Michael Myers at, at all 
with the four, five, and six um, Halloweens, right? Basically, they were saying that um, that Laurie Strode died, quote unquote. And I think one of those movies involved her niece or something like that. It's weird, but that's why I skipped it because I don't really care to see them, right? But we learned that actually she did not die. She just, you know, hidden her. She changed her name and whatnot, right? So, yes, somehow, some way, uh, Michael Myers finds, <laughs> actually runs into into Laurie and then, you know, the usual chase, yeah. you know, between her stats. Um, El Kooji is in this movie as well and, and yeah. shocking enough, he survives. Shocking enough, he survives. Yeah, yeah. Shocking enough, he, he, um, he survives it because I was thinking... Yeah. LL, LL is one of the few black dudes who could survive the horror movies or the thriller movies. You know? He survived the shark movie. I know, right? <laughs> you know? He, got, he survived uh, the blue sea, so like, why yeah. not, right? <laughs> but yeah, but um, but you know, it was it was interesting for this movie to come out at that time because, like I said, you remember in, like mid nineties, you were seeing more of these slasher flicks, right, coming back, more teens involved. You know, just the formula was back then, right? Um, so it was interesting for it to come back, but the problem that I had with it personally. Is that it just felt like the same old same, you know, the usual idiot idiots get involved, they run into to Michael, he kills them in these elaborate ways. And then of course the last person is he, he targets is Laurie. And in this case, Laurie kind of comes back and kicks ass. Actually, actually really love the end of, of this one here of, of um H2, where basically she she decapitates him. Right. And I was like, well, what does that's it. That's what you're supposed right. to do. There. Like, just exactly. end the shit off one time. Stop right there. Right. And they just stop it with his severed head on the ground. I was like, yes, that is a brilliant end, right? So, of course, you think, all right, this is the end of Halloween. This should be the end of Michael Myers. But, you know, this is not how Hollywood works, right? So, cut cut to four years later now, 2002. Once again, Rick Rosenthal um, steps in to, to direct here. And now we could talk about Halloween Resurrection, right? Um, so I've always heard about how bad this movie was. For one thing, they had me at Buster Rhymes, Dread. Right. Yeah, Buster Rhymes is in this movie, Dread. And, like, I was always a fan of Buster Rhymes, right? right. Even even in his um, anarchy era, which was around the time this movie came out, where, like, everybody felt that Buster Rhymes' quality just dipped them, basically, right? So I guess he had to do this to make some cash to, you know, to recoup and whatnot, whatever, right? But yeah, but the, the premise of this was just right off the bat, just makes no sense. So for some reason, right, Laurie Strode, um, once again played by by um, by Jamie Lee Curtis, right, who clearly in this movie does not care at all about being in the film, right? So she's in this asylum, right? This psychiatric facility, yeah. right? And what happens is that um, true, true, true flashbacks, though, we learn that, wait for it, Ricardo, wait for it, right? That the Michael Myers that we thought died, um, was decapitated in H2, was not him. Oh, Actually, okay. it, was, it, 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 it was it was a policeman that tried to, to capture Mike in, the, in, in H2. Uh, what happened? He got stabbed. <laughs> he got killed, basically. I think he got choked to death, right? He got choked to death, sorry, right? <laughs> but... And Mike and Myers actually takes his mask off, right? And basically dresses him up and, yeah, and, and, and leaves um, in, in a policeman's clothes. I think he's either a policeman or a paramedic. Well, I think he leaves in paramedic's clothes yeah, so, and, and so then jumps in the so, so in, in the scene, in the original scene now, like I, I, I barely remember this movie. So, the guy, so she just decapitated him while he was sleeping or unconscious. Then. Well, what happened is that 
she was um well when they when um when she stabs um she, well she stabs Mike um Mike Myers a number of times, right? And then he falls yeah. to the ground. And she and she was about to stab him again in the head, and then El Kuji come out of the way is like, No, no, don't do it. He's dead, he's dead, right? So paramedics come, put his body in this ambulance. And then um Laurie jumps into the ambulance, right? Takes the key, takes uh one of the policemen gun jump in the ambulance and start driving off now because the idea is that she just want to get rid of Mike once or for all and uh, once or for all now. So she just want to drive right, the ambulance right. off off a cliff or whatever, right? So what happened is that he get up, he was in his body bag, he somehow get up and started try to get, um, you know, you know, started basically fight off um, Lorena. So then, right. the, then the, um, the ambulance falls, you know, topples over, somehow she survives, she comes out and he is pinned to this tree now. so it's heaping between um this tree so and the, the guy was just cut off and he was mute as well for this period of time then. yes so because Papa. because that's how that's how I'll, I'll, I'll explain because yeah, she was about she was about to take off his mask right because he was reaching out to so no sorry he was reaching out to her right because you know because um they related right they they you know um blood relatives right. and whatnot so she was about to reach out to him but then she was like nah fuck that and then she chops his head off there. And that was how the movie ends. So because, as as they explain in, in the hospital, right, his larynx was broken, was, was destroyed, actually. He could not speak, even though he had a mask over his face. Right. So you're telling me that when he got out of the body bag and he tried to attack Laurie, it was him basically saying, Laurie, stop! Wait, you got the wrong person! No, it's me! Right. And right and right there, Ricardo, they just slapped the audience in the face, right? Okay, telling me, you, you, you had everybody excited when you realized, oh shit, this is the end. And they come right. and say, no, oh, this is not the end because that wasn't that wasn't Michael. Fuck you. That's why, right? But anyway. Yeah. So, <laughs> so of course, Mike returns to the same to uh, ends up in the same um asylum where, where Laurie is, right? And somehow Laurie is prepared for this, sir. Because she was, because when they, they established this in each tool, like she would look outside and she would see Mike stand up now, you know? That same yeah. thing that in the first movie, she would look outside, he's there, she look outside again, she's not, um, he's not That's there, right? Yeah. yeah, so basically it's like, but it was just her mind playing tricks with her, basically, right? So she had to kind of, it was like dementia in a way, right? But in this one, it just kind of set it up like, oh, well, she see him outside the, um, the, the, the building, and somehow she prepared, right? So right. he gets inside, he kills a couple of people. And as soon, as soon as he do that, right? She somehow had this trap set for him, right? On the roof. And you see him kind of tied up now. Well, sorry, um, you know, basically like this trap where like he um he, he hung over basically, right? Hung um hung by his um by his feet basically, right? But before all that, we, we kind of see one of these um, mental patients, right? And they kind of established that he, like, real knowledgeable of, of serial killers, right? He even has, like, some kind of clown mask on him, right? Kind of establishing that he, like Mike Myers, is obsessed with masks, right? And he would, he would kind of call out a, a, a serial killer by name. Like, he would say, Jeffrey Dahmer, born XXXXX. And he murdered this person in that date and all that kind of stuff, right? So, point is, back to the roof now. Um... Mike is hanging over now, and then she trying to unmask him now, and then of course he grab her, and she leaning over the um leaning over the roof now, 
she tried to hold on and then of course she falls and then yes Lori dies quote unquote right she falls she breaks she back right she dead he somehow cut his way back um back out and then he goes back into the hospital now and then he goes into the same room where the, the same way guy was now and then he's like Michael Myers born something 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 blah 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 right. blah blah right and this POV shot you get right basically he just hands well Mike Mike hands the 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 weird guy his um his knife now his signature kitchen knife right has blood in it right and from there telling yourself okay so this means that he going to be the new Mike Myers or something so okay you just see Mike just walk down this corridor and that's it that's that's like and they just cut to the next scene now. but you're telling yourself oh well that mean homeboy who in the hospital actually gonna be the new um the new Mike Myers right. or some shit like that right they never really say but I'll get to that later on so not even gonna spend any time on the story because the story itself makes no sense because yeah Jamie Lee Curtis was just there to to cash a check she just had the worst cameo ever just come there basically to die now but all that aside so now we have this reality show um I forgot the name of it right but basically it's hosted by Buster Eyes right he's the host of the show him and his girlfriend who's played by Tara Banks of all people right okay basically right, yeah yeah she was in this yeah she was in this right so basically, it's like one of them Big Brother kind of shows, but you have to go into this haunted house and survive the night now. But in this case, they're going into Mike Myers' old home now, right? And yeah. the idea is that uh, this is so dumb, right? You're trying to figure out exactly why he he got so evil, what what caused him to kill his sister back in 1963. Just say you want to go in a haunted house and none that. Don't don't try and question shit. You just pick this one house because in the same area where all they have the show same illinois right so just yeah. just 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 have it be that now that have these these idiotic um teens because of course they're idiotic right try to go in there and try to figure out what made mike myers crazy nobody gives a shit we never cared right but anyway so these kids go in. We have this one black kid. It's um played by sean patrick thomas i forget he was in oh. this damn movie, right yeah he was in that right he, he, he was, he was in every black movie. I know, yeah. Black I know the point he was he was the he was the random black guy. Right, yeah. Yeah. And of course, because this is 2002 or 2001, um, apparently, I don't know, whatever. Um, so they have like these cameras, you know, set up around the house. Um, Tyra's supposed to be watching everything. It has this like real jokey scene, this real really dumb scene, right? I would say dumb. It like it's like initially the whole movie is is, is 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 bullshit, right? But you can kind of watch it, like if you if you're inebriated and and have fun watching it, there because just how dumb yeah. it is, right? So you have one fella who set up a camera, right? And Tara's supposed to be watching him, but she step away to to make a coffee, right? To prepare some coffee, right? And Mike Myers, the real one, actually comes inside the house, takes a tripod, a camera tripod, right? He uses his legs. He puts them together, right? Uh, he, he collapses them together, sorry. And in one of the legs, I think it's in the middle one, has a blade or something so sticking out. A sharp well, piece it's, sticking out there. I must try to have that, so. Yeah. Stick it into Yeah. Right, right. And he walks up like, and this is what they always hate about Mike Myers. Eh? The guy never runs us. He just yeah. He just walks, right? So it's he's walking. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. this weird kind of walk he does. So he just walking straight up to this guy and stabs him. Eh? But wait, 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 before that, before that, 
the guy is like, wait a minute, what are you doing? To the left of him, there is a door. Literally, yeah, no. God, there's a door to the left of him, right? Man could have opened the door, even if it was uh, a closet or whatever. Open the door. He just stands there and waits for the blade to stick him in the chest, and then he dies. But there's this cool shot, actually, where it's from the, the camera's pers- uh, perspective. Okay, remember, the guy didn't install it, where uh, Mike is, is dragging his body. So you've seen it from that camera's perspective now. And yeah. yes, as you guessed it, all the while all this is going on, Tyra is oblivious to all this. She just they listen to some shitty army music making she cough, right. right? She ain't know nothing. So, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so yes, character after character dies. There's this really hilarious scene where they um where they run into who who who, who uh, well they assume it's Mike Myers actually, but it's actually Buster Rhymes dressed up as Mike Myers, right? Let me just talk yeah. about Buster Rhymes for a bit, right? So I don't know if they just cast him because he just happened to appear. Remember when he was in Shaft back in two thousand? Yes. The the remake yeah. that John Singleton did, right? Which was which was pretty good. It was pretty good. Um, yeah, yeah Neil was it? He was he was some kind of racist fellow for some reason, some right, weird yeah. thing. But whatever. I I, I actually liked Shaft. Right? Yeah, he made dude. I remember it. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. So somebody felt, oh well, all right, well, Buster's a really good actor. So let's let's pick him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. And I'm not knocking down Buster, right? I mean, as far as a rapper, he's great, right? He's an icon. But you, when you see Buster on screen, you're expecting him to have a certain energy to him now because, you know, he is yeah. an energetic performer. But when you see him, he talking real, like, chill now, almost like he just smoke a blunt and he's just like, all right, well, okay, okay with so I don't know if you know who um, Deontowit is. Oh, um, the, the, the group, right? Yeah, the two, the South African pair, right? Yes. Every yes. time they're on screen, it's this insane amount of energy. Right. And that's basically what people was expecting with Buster. He was expecting something like that on screen. Yes. Yeah, right? Yes. For that. Yeah. Yeah, play who he was playing in the movie, music videos. Like that yeah. weird, wild G, rhymes galore, screaming, oh yeah. my God, God, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, and like, like, like even even in Shaft and all, he had he had energy. He had a lot of energy there. He's still a guy, and it's like, no, you could write a really. Like, I know it's all dumb and gimmicky, and it's a dumb Hollywood thing to do with a a, a music artist. But to me, that is the one big sell of the character, like especially in a horror movie. Like you're gonna come up with some better now to write yeah, for Buster. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Well, so I'm I'm sorry, and I, I have to say this because the man gets top villain. He's the first. He's the first actor that first actor name. That you see when the movie starts you now, and the last right. one is Anne Jamie Lee Curtis. So you couldn't you know? even do she any justice because she only get like what five minutes in the movie, and then they just kill she off because you know fuck you. That's why, right? But anyway, so the man Buster is painfully miscast as this this thing as this um this guy. His name is Freddie Harris, by the way, because he tried to come off like. All right, I'm this responsible TV host, and I'm doing this, you know, this show. You know, you want to be sorry. It's not even for TV; it's for the internet, right? It's an internet show because it's 2002, so of course, right? Yeah. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> like this is one scene. I I had to like rewind this like a few times. I was just laughing at, and man was just like real chill, but it's like in the next ten minutes, we are going to enter a mystery wrapped up inside of a riddle inside of an enigma. Now, remember this: everything you see. Absolutely everything you see is real. There's no actors. None of the components or contents in the house have been messed with, mixed up, diluted, or tampered with in any shape, form, or fashion whatsoever. Oh, now, I'm not 
exactly sure what's gonna happen, but what I do know is that no one will be allowed to leave until the show is over. Our top of the line, state of the art, camera surveillance system will be picking up anyone who tries to sneak out. It's almost like he's whispering the words. They could tell that he's reading off of a script now. You know, like, yeah. our top of the art, state of the line equipment. Like, nobody talks like that. Top yeah, of the line, that's... state of the art equipment. Nobody talks like that, Jen. But, the, but, but, Ricardo, there's one scene where I swear that man was reading off of a script, Jen. Yeah. And it's with him and, um, and Tyra, right? So they, they toasting each other. They have, you know, glasses of champagne, right? And it's like, yeah, and this is to us for successfully a little more putting together something collectively so ingenious as a team and a duo that we should definitely be able to secure a lot of food on the table for ourselves as long as everything goes as nicely as it's going right now. But you swear the way how his eyes looking because he, he have this kind of droopy eyes now, almost like once again, right. like smoke a blunt before he start filming, right? But I swear the man eyes was looking down on the table and there was a yeah. like a script page right yeah, there. Yeah, but... yeah, a script on the, the table out of the shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, yeah. he just talked. I don't expect any actors. Like, we know it have certain people who have, uh, like, is atrocious actors. Like, probably, class, like, any basketballer is a bad actor. You know, some rappers. Shaquille O'Neal, anyone? Chuck, Michael Jordan, you know, classic, classic, you know, failure, right? But all you do is, the thing to me, stuff like that is that you yeah, just work around. You know, basketballers, you can't work around. You have nothing to work around, right? The basketballers, if they don't do basketball, they kind of not that useful for you on a, on a movie set, right? Unless they could, like, really come through and do something insane like Dennis Rodman, right? Yeah, yeah. Thing, you have to play into a persona, and it's, they just never do it. You know, remember Dennis Rodman, do they take with Van Damme, but you play into oh, yeah. the persona you know him for, or you expect to be? That's yeah. what you do. You write a character in and around that. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Like, like play to the actor's strengths, that's all. So, yeah, so so the moment when we, we learn that there is this Michael Myers imposter is actually Buster Rhymes, that's when you see a bit of the energy come up, because you're like, yo, what the fuck, you know, that kind of stuff there. Yeah. But you're also kind of saying, well, here's what, this is a show... We had to entertain people. So just pretend to be scared, right? Well, I just doing my job. I want to get paid, right? Because reasons. Right. Um, so that's where his character started to grow on Mina. But then there's like two cringeworthy scenes. Actually, three actually, I should say. But the first one, I didn't even know happened. Eh? But apparently this is a big joke into the Halloween franchise, right? Where Buster, who is dressed in as Michael Myers, runs into the real Michael Myers, right? And he literally talking to them like, Charlie, where the fuck you been at, man? Don't you know we've been looking all over this motherfucker for you? And why the hell you dressed like me anyway? I ain't paying you to be Michael Myers. I'm playing Michael Myers. If them kids come around and see us dressed up in the same shit, you're going to ruin the whole effect. Ah, damn it. What the hell is wrong with you? I said, what you looking at me like that for? Huh? You don't get it? You don't get it? Your shit ain't working up there or something? You need to take your ass in the back of the garage with Nora. That's your job. Go back there with Nora and help her ass out. Go do your job. I left the back door unlocked for your ass to go out the back into the garage. That's what I did. You need to get the hell out of here. Go ahead, scoop, skedaddle. Get the fuck out of Dodge. And Michael Myers literally just walk away, Jim. 
<laughs> I couldn't believe what I saw. No, but it looks so bad, but it's so yeah. bad. And of course, the scene that everybody knows, even if you haven't seen it, the reason why I wanted to see this movie in the first place was, of course, Buster squared off against Mike Myers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Him doing the karate. Uh, the... Yo, Mike, come see me. Michael, come and see me. Look at me. Me? Huh? Fucker. Ah! I'm kicking yeah. it true. Dude, trust me, in the context of the movie, it's hilarious, but unintentionally yeah. hilarious to it. So it's intentionally and unintentionally hilarious at the same time too. I mean it's Buster Ibes kicking down Mike Myers, right? Strong Mike Myers being kicked down by Buster Ibes, right? Like like process that for a bit, right? I mean there's tons of videos online, memes about this thing. It's just yeah. infamous about it, right? So, long story short, um, it's basically him, well, Buster, and this this um, this white chick, because, of course, you had to have a white chick survive. Um, they are the only survivors in this show, right? Who played the white chick? Was the actress? Um, I think her name is Sarah. Well, her real name is... Sorry. I think her... Um, sorry, her real name is Bianca. Okay. It, it, yeah, it's, 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 I don't know the person, but apparently she was in um she was in Rules of Engagement, which is a, which is a comedy I never watched in my life, right? But yeah, um, but yeah, she <laughs> and Buster is the only two survivors, right? But yeah, there's this part that takes place where the house is burning down, and um, Buster like real trying to fight him down there, and you know it's like Happy Halloween, motherfucker, and all that kind of stuff there. Hey, Mikey, Happy fucking Halloween! It just so cheesy way but i don't know i was just like kind of watching buster just try so hard i was just like laughing that was the problem the, the whole movie i was just laughing at how bad the dialogue was how stilted and shitty the actor was how wasted the majority of the talent was like tara Banks barely had anything to do she was barely in the movie and like the last time you see her for some reason mike might just show up from behind her and just stab her to death just so right. just because Right, I can't remember. Like I can't remember Tyra Banks being any kind of actress anyway. So it was like whatever. Because was the last movie I, I remember in Coyote Ugly. Like, <laughs> wow, like, wow, that's that, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, that's a deep cut. And just when you thought that they couldn't slap the audience in the face even harder, right? So at the very end, right, they they, they keep hinting that they want to take off, um, Mike Myers' mask now. So the girl was about to do it. And then Buster's like, no, no, don't do it. Leave it alone, man. Let's go. Let's go. So he in the morgue now, right? And the guys who work today are about to pull off the mask. And in my head, I tell myself, all right, so it had to be that weird fella from the asylum, right? Okay, you can't just throw that fella, you know, throw it all these knowledge, all these, um, um, all these tidbits about serial killers and whatnot. Like, he is the perfect person to continue Mike Myers' um, legacy, right? But then, they just end it with his eyes opening up, and it just cuts to the, to, the, to the credits. So, you have no idea whether it is the real Mike Myers, or if it's that guy. But I do even think it matters. As a matter of fact, I actually think it is the real Mike Myers, and they just had that guy there just to throw everybody off because the script was just shit. So, <laughs> I don't know, but 
overall, I mean, there's really not much I could say about this show. It is, it is one of the worst sequels ever ever made. It's one of the worst movies I ever seen in my life, Dread. Um, but I don't know. It's just it's not even so bad. It's good. It's so bad. It's bad. But like, you just had to be like real drunk, or you had to have like a bunch of friends with you to like just yeah, to enjoy drinking, the film. Yeah, it's a drinking movie. Yeah, it's it's a drinking movie. It, it's just really yeah. that bad. But if if there's a reason alone to see it, it had to be Buster Rhymes' acting way, just right. from how like chill he was to kind of animated, and of course he kung fu yell and all that stuff that you know yeah, all that kind of stuff, right? But yeah, but um, just a couple more things I want to say before we move on. But yeah, this this was a movie that pretty much kind of ended the the Halloween franchise for for a so, while. Yeah. But then Rob Zombie came in and picked it up um, in, well, in 2007 with Halloween and then the sequel in um, 2009. And I'll just say this right off the bat, right? So, not the biggest fan of Rob Zombie movies. Um, I think the one I saw prior to this was The Devil's Rejects, which I liked, but I didn't love. It was there. It was, you know, graphic and whatnot. But this never stood out to me that much. I, I, I always dig his style and aesthetic. So it's it again. I'm not you know. I'm not really that into into it. But like you, you get you know what a Rob Zombie movies look like. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, and of course, his wife has to sign it. So yes, of course. Um, Sherry Moon Zombie has to be there. Yeah. And of course, yes, she is in in the Halloween movie. She plays um Mike's mother for people. So it's like wow, right? right. But yeah. Um, you see, well, the thing is with him is that he is within. He, he kind of comes from that whole like, sort of neo-exploitation movie, you know, so, um, the thing is, with the first Halloween, well, both Halloweens that he did, um, it felt less John Carpenter and more, like, early Wes Craven, Toby Hooper, you know, rest in peace to those, you know, where it was, like, real gratuitous violence and just really disturbing, you know, and for the most part, I enjoyed, sorry, I wouldn't say I enjoyed the first Halloween that he did, but I appreciate it, it was violent, it was brutal, it was vulgar, but you could tell that Rob was coming from a, a pure passion for the for the original movie. Now. You could tell that he wanted to do a lot with it. And in this one, I thought that what he did in, in terms of showing um, Mike's backstory was pretty good, you know. So it shows what led to him going crazy and stabbing up his arm. Well, not just his arm, his, his, um, his sister, but his stepfather as well, you know. And then him in the asylum, and then him meeting the um, Sam Loomis, who's played by Malcolm McDowell, of all people. Um, and then what led to him escaping the asylum and going for, for Laurie, and, you know, just a bunch of, like, crazy shit happens, right? But, you know, it yeah. came out around the time, like, you know, when you had Gorno movies like Hostel and, you know, the Saw series, which, yeah. personally, I was a fan of the Saw series. I didn't care for Hostel at all. I thought it was just torture for the sake of torture, so I didn't you know, really care for that a lot. But um, the saw well, the only first saw film I like uh, the, the sequels is total nonsense. But uh, I, I, well, I, I, I like that they try to expand on the story and give us and a I, lot more twists, even though the twist makes no sense. But I like that it was it was building on the story, so I appreciate that. Even though yeah, the the, 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 the series just fell off. I would say around five, but you know, some people kind of gave up on it since so three when um when they had to so go into jigsaw backstory basically. Yes, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> is good the first one is like a genuinely a good good reveal good twist um but the the um to me when they bring two i was like yeah two didn't make much sense to me and then three made less sense i'm like wow they should gain worse and worse though like yeah yeah but yeah but um but yeah so i i appreciate what rob zombie did even though there's a far departure from what john carpenter did 
I would say that you know, compared to the original film, there was a lot more, more disturbing stuff going on. It really left me like terrified, now, but in a good way. And then, boy, he just shit the bed with the sequel by Halloween Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's sequels I ever see. Boy, my god, because here's what, yeah. right? Like, I get that he was trying to be more ambitious. He wanted to do more things. And I like that he didn't do like what the original Halloween 2 story did, which was Laurie in a hospital and uh, Mike has to go inside the hospital and kill Laurie. Like they do right. that, but they do it quick and they just real, they reveal that it was it was a it was um, a dream which kind of pissed him off. But yeah, basically here it was him trying to be David Lynch and Rob right. Zombie at the same time. So he had yeah, all that's... these like artsy stuff. Like for example, you saw Sherry Moon Zombie return as like the, the, the ghost, if you will, of, of Mike's mother and right. she in this white dress and you see this white horse and um Mike would the adult Mike would be seeing her all the time. And basically they're trying to establish that the 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 the, the pure evil as Sam Loomis has called it, there's a legacy to it, right? So right. Laurie eventually will turn to the dark side. And I hated what they did with Laurie. They made, her, they made her into this like whiny bitch, and she was all like, "Fuck you, leave me alone, fuck you." Ah, just going crazy, just taking it out on off of everybody because what you survive getting killed in the first movie. So she takes it out on everybody now. And to the yeah. point that I just hated her character now. And overall, they're trying to show that well, the evil is hereditary, so she becomes evil at the end. But Mike had to go and kill a set of people. And do it in the most brutal, most painfully unnecessary way possible, just to just to emphasize that point. And then you'll see these little scenes with with um, you know, with Mike's mother and all the white horse and all that bullshit. It just, it just, it was like it was it was pretentious, but also it it, it was trying to be like real brutal and like real numbingly brutal, eh? like to the point where yeah. people was getting killed. And I was like. My head just numbed to this thread. This is yeah. too much. But yeah, Rob's shitty bed with that movie. I hate it. Piece of shit movie. So, you know, it's amazing now, just to close things off, right? That um, about roughly nine years later, we get a new Halloween movie. And I love the decision where they say, here's what, we just going to discredit all the sequels, all the remakes, right? And we're just going to go directly, start this one directly after the, the end of the first movie. Right, which is weird because um, well, Laurie Strode is old, so it had to be like years later or some shit. I don't really know, but I don't know. Eventually, I will see that new movie, and hopefully, it will be worth my time. But yeah, I mean, the, the the franchise has has had its ups and downs, but you know, unfortunately, just like just like with Predator, they could never match the first movie. They could never really right. do much in terms of world building. Well, at least right. the first Rob Zombie Halloween tried. I'll give it that. At least it tried, right? But really not that much for us to really care about this. So overall, I would say that ultimately, you know, just like just like with um, Friday 13th, which unfortunately itself, when you look back at it, didn't really do much as far as slasher movies go. It does give you an interesting concept, you know, horny kids in a camp getting killed by someone, right? That was the, that was the gimmick. Exactly. But unfortunately, just like with, the, like, like, um, like with that, you know, the Halloween movies just kind of devolve into just that, just a normal slasher, you know, just a generic slasher franchise, basically, right? So it started off so strong, you know, with John Carpenter, him wanted to do something as far as horror movies go. But then it just kind of devolved into, you know, just generic shit that you've seen hundreds of times before. 
I could try to be as brutal as Rob Zombie is, or you could try to harken back to the old film as H2O did, but it's just the same old, same old. So I don't know, maybe this new movie here would actually do something a little bit different. I don't know, we'll have to see, you know, once we do check it out. But yeah, boy, I mean, as far as franchises go, I wouldn't say it's one of the worst, but it it, it just really devolves so quickly, boy. And, you know, it's just a shame, you know what I mean? Yeah, sad. All right, so that was my long ramble about Halloween and that one Halloween movie that nobody should defend. So now we're going to do a little Netflix and chill for a while. So um, you could right. film, you could fill me in on the night comes for us. What is the night comes for us about? Why is it called night comes for us? You know, that's the problem with this movie. I couldn't really follow exactly why it was called the night comes for us. Um, that's a slightly, I'll say, you know, the problem with this film is that it's. Um, Similar to Raid 2. Had that same problem with Raid 2, where Raid 2 was, yeah, kind of getting the plot, but it's kind of aimless at the same time. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's the thing. Because um, while I do really enjoy the Raid Redemption, because of yeah, how yeah. simple and bare bones the plot is, right? Yeah, Even though you know you make the argument that, um, that you know, Dread copied the same premise a <laughs> beat for beat, right? right? I don't really care about stuff like that, but yeah. Yeah, Bubba Reed too, which I which I did enjoy, but I felt was a tad bit too long. I felt got kinda got lost in its own story. And right. it was trying to be like real ambitious and epic. Like this is gonna be the epic sequel, the 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 Dark Knight of the Raid series. But then it once again it just kinda got um on you know, kinda overwhelmed by its story now. All these characters, all this build up and all that kind of stuff when so essentially that, people just come to see people get when, their ass kicked right so right to me to me when with with, with ray too um what didn't focus it doesn't it just lack focus because it had an interesting idea right you know when you find out that the guy is is really an arab and you know because indonesia is a lot of muslims mostly majority muslim yes. like he was going to bring arab style terrorism to this part of the world but they they're not like into that they they just like a kind of classical mobster crime stuff now so him bringing that type of chaos was does the idea that's an interesting idea it's just they didn't really flesh it out particularly well anyway okay. in this movie this movie is it really feels like so this movie really feels like quote-unquote the raid tree um but it's not an actual sequel or anything like it. it does its own story um basically it's about a bunch of crime people coming together and this this basically is a group of killers um not sure what they do exactly other than just being a group of killers but they call the six c's um so s-i-x s-e-a-s and uh-huh. okay, okay, it's right. the seven C's. All right, that that's dope. Okay, that's dope. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. They call themselves the six C's, and then you you they they were wiping out our family in the beginning, and then now the main main character, like you find out, he being hunted after a little girl who's supposed to be killed by the six C's. Apparently, she, she get away, and you're not sure why she how she got away, and then the story builds from there of who following who and what and whatnot. And then you find out, you see him saving this little girl life and going from there, right? And right. that's really it. It's just this series of brutal action from brutal action sequence after that. The problem with this film, two things. One, it's not even close in terms of comparison to the Raid movies because it uses way too much digital stuff, camera tricking stuff, for stuff to move around. It really is feel like a comic, eh? Like, it's right. really feel like a comic movie. Everything is just super brutal. The action is good, but just not too good because it just overdo on the go. Right. And then it uses it a lot of the choreography and fight choreography. While okay, not bad, 
nowhere near as awesome as the raid films. Like the level of action and flowing and camera work, nowhere yes. near as good. Because it relies on too much digital stuff in terms of like where the camera moving and thing, it has just come across as amateurish and kind of weak um, compared to the raid films where shit was actually moving yes, dynamically. Yes, um, and that is it. it does, well, it, it's starring all the people from the raid that you know, uh, well, the main staff from the raid who play Rama, I forget the actor name, right. in it. It had a couple, well, some female characters who was in this, who, they were pretty badass. Um, they, have, they have a really brutal scene involving uh, three women taking on each other. Well, two women versus one. Um, that's a badass action sequence because this is, right. well, the, the good woman versus the two evil women. They were kicking ass. That was awesome. Um, she calls the main, main villain female. She had this, like, she used to use, like, a chain. But it's like a like a piano wire, no? so it was like slice off anything that it, it wrap around and touch no? Um Yeah, yeah, that was brutal. The movie is just super gory, and now here's the thing: I don't mind super gory, but it had a, you see, with the thing with gore is that gore had to be rare, and the movie just overdo the gore, overdo the gore, go 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 right through, and it's like all right, well after a while it just boring. Yeah. Uh, for me, yeah. um, the movie also again good good good. Good action, but not great action, and you get the feeling that it's kind of half-assed in terms of the, the planning, like compared to the raid films. Now, this have, I don't think this have anything to do with the raid films in any way. You know, it's not the same director. Though it's Gareth Edwards was the director or Gareth Evans? I can't remember. Yeah, uh, Gareth Edwards was the guy who um, directed that. Right. Who, who directed the first two raid movies? Sorry. Right. Um, it's just I forget the, the director's name, but it's, I think it's an Indonesian director this time. Um, they is, went cheap. Is. Yeah, they went kind of cheap with it. So it feel a little cheap on the cheap end. Um, the film was long, but unnecessarily long for me. Like, just a lot of dialogue. And uh, it's stuff, again, really, really, really kind of just obtuse plot. Because it's like, oh, well, it's, they have to go wrong. And everything is about running from this gang and that gang. And basically just making sure this family doesn't survive. And it's really obtuse. Nothing particularly clear and going forward for me, at least. I couldn't follow it particularly well. Again, I, I, I know I'm kind of bad at not paying, paying attention to films. but yeah, I can really pick up some particularly details in this. Um, but no, I that, that's it. a bad sign if you could pick up on, like, okay, like, like basically with action movies, you're not expecting that each and every one, especially when you have martial arts through it, it needs to be, you know, complex there. You know, something could be simple, <laughs> but you know, you had to kind of figure out if if it's if it would be in this simple or would be in this complex. There. So I imagine here they try to be very, you know, complex in the story, but the idea is just what, just gory over the top action scenes, you know. Yeah, yeah, and that's, that's big, big, the big problem with this um, going forward. Uh, I didn't hear this movie; it went near as good as the read films. I'll say that as much. Um, but it's still pretty awesome on its own right. Like it just good action. If you if look if you if you do have a good kick-ass action sequence, I mean, I'm a the biggest fan of the first read in particular. Um, I just love that movie because it was also just simple premise, but just the action was so well done, so inventive. And this had such a great flow to the di- and dynamic nature to the to the combat. Um, this movie and, and 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 Mike Shinoda's music helped out a great deal yeah. too. Love yeah. the music for that, yeah. Yeah, but this this movie just didn't work for me. Um, I didn't hate it. Uh, just be clear about it. Uh, you know, it was still badass, kick-ass action that, that I enjoyed. But yeah, boy, this, just, that's something you gotta remember in a yeah, in, in, in a while. Yeah, but I couldn't I couldn't get into this one and. Uh, yeah, no, I'll give it, I'll still give it like a, uh, like a, I'll give it a low movie town because it still have a lot to like in terms of action and whatnot, but just so much of it just didn't work for me. Um, 
And, you know, the characterization, I just couldn't follow this. So B had me, they just didn't have my attention in that way. It was just this, then jump to action sequence. That's the problem. The pacing was atrocious. So it was like uh. this action sequence, action sequence, this, this action sequence. No downtime, no cool down in a good way. Um, you know, movies need to do that. And yes, they just couldn't, couldn't, couldn't make it work. Um, not bad film. Not a particularly bad film, but just just didn't stick the landing. And, I you know, it just needed to re-edit. I, I would have cut, like, it had a lot of fat that should have gotten trimmed. That is what I would have straight up say. Um, yeah. and too many action sequences. Like, look, I like action, but this action don't really serve a purpose. Or, like, it just, just characters just doing shit. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, and the ending was dumb as hell because it was involved with that guy driving towards a bunch of guys shooting at him in his car. And he's like, yeah, you do this already. Like, okay, moving on. Um, not much else much to say. I mean, go see it yourself. It's on Netflix. You know, take it on. Yeah, yeah. But I, I dare you to, to pay attention to that plot because all the action is super distracting to it. So and, you know, and you know the, 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 the counter-argument people would say is that well, you're not supposed to take the, 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 the story seriously, man. It's just about no, no, the action, but... Come yeah, on. no, I, I, don't really have a, I don't really have a big deal with, like, with that. It's just, like, I need to have at least some semblance as to why you're doing this, other than just visual language of, they need to protect the little girl, or I need to survive. You know, yeah, give, give us a reason right? to give a shit. Let's just do that, that's all. And, yeah, and we'll, go, we'll, we'll go along with you. We'll <laughs> take out brains afterwards, but give, give us a reason to care, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so well before we close things off, now we have to talk about Daredevil season three. Yeah. Oh boy. So um all right, so I will I will start off just basically talking about what the premise is about. I'll try to be careful not to spoil too much, right? So after the events of um, of the defenders, right, where where it was assumed that um that Matt Murdock died. Everybody knew, yeah. of course, he's not dead, duh, right? So, um, he somehow finds his way back to, um, well, Father Lantum and Sister Maggie, right? They work at this uh, Catholic church in um, in Hell's Kitchen. So, this, they just basically just taking care of him, you know, um, just making sure he gets back into shape. And while he's there, you know, he starts to doubt his, his he starts to doubt himself. He doubts his purpose, you know, um, why he is the, the daredevil. Why he tries to stop bad guys. Why he tries to save people. Um, he also has this, you know, this moral or conflict, is moral conflict, if you will, with God, you know. Kind of asked him, well, you know, why did all these things happen to me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, all the basic stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, he um, made a lot of allusions to Job and, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he does that, right? Uh, makes a lot of allusions to Job and whatnot. Whilst all this is going on, um, Karen Page and Foggy Nelson has moved on with their lives, as we've seen at the end of um, season two of Daredevil. Anyway, so Karen still, well, she's working at the Bulletin. This is this um, newspaper company. Um, Foggy uh, basically, he kind of is not persuaded actually, but he kind of is motivated or inspired, I should say, to run for district attorney because the guy that's running for that, um, I forgot the guy's name, this black guy. Um, he feels that he's not really doing his job well enough. He he talks, he talks, but he doesn't really walk the walk, basically, right? And um, while all this while all this is going on, our boy Kingpin he ends up making this deal with the FBI through this agent by the name of Rahul Nadim or Ray Nadim, right? Um, yeah. Basically, saying that he would um, reveal the identities of certain you know crime organizations that still yeah, yeah. still work in New York, right? So he gives the names of these people. 
So of course he just feeding them all this information and in terms of in, in Reed's perspective, it's like, well, cool, you know, I could get that promotion that I've always wanted because, yeah. you know, we, we learned some stuff about his um his his um Fine. his family. Him trying to to get into a bigger position so he could more or less take care of his family even more as well. And yes, just yeah, him like, very right. yeah. For Anna-san, for he built up a bunch of debt. Yes, yeah. Um, he does not um, the best credit score. Yeah, especially with the fact that his um his sister actually had gotten over cancer, so just the cost of that just put him into right. debt. Um, so while all this is going on, well, Wilson Fisk, right? Uh, he is attacked in jail. Actually, he's shagged by one of the guys in jail, right. and because of that, he's moved into um. Well, we assume at the, at the time is a is a safe house, but actually, it's a hotel actually, uh, yeah. with his penthouse and whatnot. And then later on, we learned that his shell company actually bought the the hotel. So it's this big elaborate scheme to get himself out of jail and to this this hotel basically. And it does involve his um his girlfriend Vanessa who shows up later on in the in the series as well, right? So basically, it's this big elaborate plan that um Kingpin has to get himself into this uh, into this hotel. I basically run things from inside while everybody thinking that he is held under custody by the FBI, right? But then he has the FBI in his pocket because he now kind of buys out other members of the FBI and have them doing this um, dirty deeds, right? And this, of course, yeah. affects um, the deem as well because he's like, you know, I can't go along with this. So one of the FBI agents who gets caught up in this mess is a guy by the name of Benjamin Poindexter. Right? <laughs> I'll talk about him later on, right? But yeah, basically... Yeah. He has this really like he's he's messed up from the word go. There's this uh, this psychotic issue that he's going through. He has mental issues basically, but it just borders on psychotic. And Wilson Fisk, being being the being the manipulative guy that he is, notices that and then ends up getting Benjamin to work for um for 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 Wilson. And in this case. More or less donning the the actual outfit of the of the, the uh, of the devil himself and going around doing these these um, I don't want to say random but just these sort of sh- like these shocking crimes and murders right but all of this is just to discredit the name of the devil so while all this is yeah. going on the devil has to spring back into action he puts on the the red sorry not the red because um, point Dexter has the red so he has the original black you know the original right. Frank Miller shit if you remember. And now he has to do battle with um with Poindexter and of course trying to expose Wilson for you know right. for just right. the, so the, the, the Stephen bastard that he is. Yeah. And that's but, all I was so saying. I think it's not spoiler to say about Poindexter. Ben Poindexter is bullseye. Uh yeah, they they, they, they don't say it out loud. Yeah, but even if you don't remember, if, if you haven't read the comics, if you remember um uh Colin Farrell's Oscar winning yeah. performance yeah. <laughs> as Bullseye. <laughs> yeah. In, in, of course, the, the 2003 Daredevil movie, then you remember. But yeah, his skill set is amazing and terrifying at the same time. He could just basically yeah. take like an object and use it as projectiles, and he could either like yeah, you or you or literally kill you with that. Yeah. Like, he could take shards of glass and literally yeah, like yeah. throw it at you and kill you with that. It is it is yeah. amazing and terrifying, right? But yeah, but yeah. um before I continue to gush on about this this season here, Ricardo, answer me this question. Is this the best season of Daredevil we've gotten so far? Dude, by far, Joe. This is the best Thank Marvel in a long time, Joe. I yeah, did not I can't be the only one who agree with that. Yes. Yeah. 
I did not expect to enjoy this shit so much. This, okay, I'm going to straight up say it. This is probably the first time since Daredevil Season 1 where, actually, where this actually held my attention the entire time. And, and I'm going to go as far as saying I actually wanted more episodes. In, Whoa. In, 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 in <laughs> okay. Yeah, right. it, listen, this is, the first time, this is the first time since Daredevil Season 1 that I've binged the entire season in one go. Not starting and stopping like the others. Every other right. season, season two, I start and stop. Jessica Jones, I start and stop. I say, okay, I'll watch half now, half later. You know, Luke Cage and, and I am Iron Fist. Well, Luke Cage, I watch some of it and then I start and stop. And then when I am Fist, I, like, I kind of barely make through that. But yeah. this was fucking excellent, Jared. Uh, from what I understand, this, right. was based, yeah, this, was, this was based on the Born Again series, which I have a cursory knowledge of. Um, it, it was in my to read list at a point in time, but I just never got around to it, unfortunately. But I, I, I am familiar with that. I never read it, so I just assume I did. Let's kind of cover some things on it. I just have a bare knowledge, like, okay, I think they did this with this character there, and that character kind of there. Um, that is about it. But um, yeah, I just thought it as such. But it didn't feel like, oh, this is a, a, a call back to the comic or any of that bullshit. This is the DCEU, folks. We're not doing that. We're not doing BVS, right? right? No. Nah. It'll, it'll just be like, oh, there's just a solid story that's building itself up. And it's just such a really good, solid adaptation. And well, you know, everybody had a great arc. Matt, Matt had a great arc. Karen had a great arc. Foggy had a great arc. Um, Fisk, great arc. What he did with him. Yes, um, yes. And then there was that arc. Great. Loved it. And then they bring in this, this point of view character who I, I thought was really good, which is the Agenda Dean character, Ray. Yes, yes, yes. Like, I, I, love, I love the, the, the characterization they gave him, boy, you know? And just what he was dealing with, I was, yeah, I was like, genuinely conservatively mad, you know, at, at many yes. points in this show. Yeah, what it, why, why they make it work is that they did it, they did it like a kind of good, like a point of view character, but they made it from the point perspective of, all right, where does it feel like to get corrupted? Like, yes. what, how would it really rope somebody in um, into the bullshit now, and yeah. they do a good job with that. Like it's like, all right, it totally makes sense why you like this. And then the, the episode where he kind of confess why it is that you you fail at this. And say, yeah, they make it about yeah, it's about real world bullshit. But at the same time, it have a pride to it now. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, yeah. Right. I, I bought into it. I bought into it. Yeah, you know, I felt for the beat that that whole stuff now, and I, I thought that was excellent, Jud. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this was this just worked, Jud. Like everything just tied together. Um, I'll, I'll say. One thing that I had an issue with, but is the reason why I wanted more episodes involving a certain nun and a certain plot point. Oh, and, I, I see, I see, yes, 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 yes. And I, I, wanted, I wanted at least one or two more episodes to just to flesh that out a little better. Like, hopefully we'll get that in future seasons. Like, yeah. what are you going to do with that character? But I thought they, they just they bring it up and they didn't really do anything with it. And then they just kind of move on with it at the end. And it has to have a little throwaway conversation involved in it. But I thought we could have get more, more with that. Because I thought that, that in itself was serious business too. I was like, well, would. It was, yeah. 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 Like, real dark. And, and it know, adds a lot to his character too, you know. Exactly. One foot in the street, that, one foot in the other. church, that kind of thing, yeah. Right. And it made that work. I, I don't know what else to say. I thought this was excellent. Um, almost all of, you know, virtually all of it worked. Um, I'll say... Just, I had a couple little issues with somebody fight choreography. It just feel a little like a little clumsy, and not not like a natural type of clumsy, but like just a kind of bad kind of clumsy at times. But other sequences was next to perfect for me. I have an awesome sequence in the end of episode four. Holy oh shit. boy! Oh yeah. boy! <laughs> I'll, I'll talk Fuck about it. that. I'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah. 
And then um the episode, like everybody like it, right? A lot of people talk about episode four amongst my little internet friends and whatnot, but uh episode five. Uh, I thought that was brilliant. Like what they did with with you know Wilson Fisk reading up on Bullseye's character. Oh yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah, just the way how they set that up though. Just, just cool, from a visual level was brilliant yeah, in my opinion. This yeah, they do this cool like theater style kind of thing where it's, it's spotlights and perspectives and you know everything in black and white but have color here and yeah, I, I dig yeah, in that, this. Was that, cool, that was cool. I, I like yeah. how I like that they didn't it didn't take up the majority of the show. Like say if yes, it was so, like a like if it was like a half hour episode or like a twenty minute episode, that would have been the whole show. You know, and right. that would have been it. That would have been the whole episode. But no, it just yeah, takes up like roughly a third of the episode, you know? Yeah. And here's the most important thing. Virtually everything in this season uh was relevant. See, one of the big problems with season two for me was they brought in something, it just felt like a distraction, and then it just come in at the end and it was kind of pitter out you know, for me. Like the double season two, I like a lot. But to me, in my opinion, the entire thing should have been about Punisher, right? And we decided Agreed, to make yeah. it about Electra. Like, Electra in the middle worked, and then they decided to bring back the hand at the end, and that is when it fell flat for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, this was from start to finish, well done, um, just paced itself out quite well. I, I mean, I, had, I can't think of any major issues I had with this. It's just worked, Um, Such a perfect, like, and again, the, the Nindim character with him having fall from grace and then coming back to redemption and the way they, they, they play that self out and it well not to not not to try to swallow too much but it's a big very very tragic arc um that really worked as well so i was like yeah this was this i don't know this was the truth this was really well done this is the it, this is for me top tier top shelf marvel um the season was so good like i would put this on on par with stuff like winter soldier or even um season four of seasons of shield like it was mm-hmm. that good for me um just so well done Right, so let me just get the minor, the little nitpicks out of the way, right? Yes. First off, um, I do agree with you with the fight scenes. Um, some of them do come off a little on the clumsy side, like you know, you expect yeah. a guy to get kicked in the stomach, you expect certain things to happen. Um, so you know, not expecting that there has to be a lot of uh, variety with the fight scenes, but they could have taught things out just a little bit more. Like, I, I know they, they maintain the, the scrappiness of like what you expect. From um, the end of when it comes to his fight scenes, but this which gonna punch things up just a just a little bit, you know. Another minor nitpick. Um, there is a an episode. We're not gonna see what episode it is, right? Involving um, a side character, and half of the episode is dedicated to that character. And I was on board with it, right? Sure, yeah. it comes a little too late, but I understand in the context of what's going on, right? Thought that acted wise, that that person was. You know, the performance was excellent there. You know, really, really tragic. Really, really kind of heartbreaking what happens there. But, um, and you see it also with um, with, with Matt's story as well. A couple of, of, um, of flashbacks with him growing up, having to deal with the blindness and him trying to, you know, try to get used to that, right? And then when you learn about the, the nun, him uh, her being the mother and whatnot, there's a little flashback right. involving her. But there is one character... And, you know, because of how motivated he was, I kind of set myself out here to do something, I felt that we could have gotten a little backstory with him, you know what I mean? Not too long, but just for, for us to kind of understand, really, why he's so keen on doing this, right? Yes, yeah, said he, whatever, right? Um, 
Because, I don't know, because, like, the other flashbacks I mentioned before make sense. But I just felt with him, you know, they could have just had, like, a little moment, a little 20 minutes, kind of establishing why he's so eager to do this and why he's so yeah. eager to hold on to his beliefs, you know, why he believes in the law and all that kind of stuff. You know, something like that, now. I felt they could have done that character justice with that. Um, something else I was going to say. Uh, try to remember what it was. Right, also, while you felt that there could have been more episodes... I was on the impression that, like, given, say, like, say something like uh, with Iron Fist, what we got last time with 10 episodes, yeah. and look at that, looking at it now, I guess we understand why, because, yes, um, Iron Fist got cancelled, you know, maybe they wasn't really sure if people would have really buy into it again, so yeah, let me play a little safe, let me throw a little 10 episodes and see what, what happens. Fortunately, it didn't really work out, and, you know, um, well, stopping here for a little bit, yeah, uh, Luke Cage got cancelled too. Right. So, so I'm wondering if it's just, you know, Netflix and them just say, we just don't want anything to do with Anfus anymore. <laughs> so anything that ties into Anfus, we're just going to get right. rid of what? We got the news of that, the big cancellation with Luke Cage. But that, that's something I didn't have a big issue with because my, oh, really? in my head, yeah, in my head, I was like, well, either one or two things going to happen. We either going to have... Uh, Either they're going to have some kind of plans involving Heroes for Hire, um, or um, they're just going to, well, it looked like Disney might be taking their ball and going home um, with respect to that. And it's not like if they have their own streaming service and they, eventually that stuff and material going to go across there, that's fine by me. Like, I don't really yeah. have a big problem with Luke Cage. I don't think it's not like we're not going to get any more Luke Cage. Like, I don't, I'm not getting that from this now. It happened too yeah. fast. If we don't too weird. Um, so we ensure sure what's going on there. Like, I don't know why. That's an issue, um, for me anyway. So well, yeah, but, but I don't know. At least they could have, like, if if it is that eventually the character is gonna move to this new platform, then why not just announce it like that? Why why put big and bold? Luke Cage is cancelled, and have everybody, you know, on Facebook and Twitter, you know, with with tear emojis and shit. You know what I mean? Like, you sell it off like that, there. You know what I mean? Like that. You know, just sell it like it's the end. We're not gonna see these characters ever again. Whatever, moving yeah. on, right? So, uh, while you felt that there could have been more episodes, I, I was under the impression. I, I, there were moments where I felt that um, it could have been 10, because once again, I was, you know, once again, having to, to sit through all these episodes. Let's say that I wasn't enjoying it, but just sometimes the 13 episodes could be a little overwhelming to me at times. So, like, how you just watch everything in one go, I was, I stopped after episode, yeah. took a little while, yeah. did some stuff, came I back did. to it, you know? Just had to the entire time, good. Because they, they bring oh, you, even even if wife was good, even Fisk's wife was good when she come back now. Yes, like, yes, yeah, yes, she, yes, yes. Yeah, she, yeah, she was, she was. Uh, well, good thing yeah. I bring up that too. I'll, I'll mention her in a bit. Um, and I felt this last little nitpick, these are minor nitpicks, I just remind you. It did take a while to get the ball rolling, I would admit. First couple of episodes, so first ah. one, two, three episodes were a little on the slow side. Like, yes character build up and what that but um it was more about um matt and him doubting his beliefs and all that kind of stuff which i understand but it started to get a little a little too repetitive at a point in time so i'm okay. glad that they kind of picked up her i'm glad that he actually you know got himself off the ground and actually you know did things you know so it was re but you know just like looking at it now you know it really just from a character act perspective i do love that the fact that you see him at his lowest low there, then you know he just had to pick himself back up. Yeah, and I did buy into his gradual redemption, if you will, right? So yeah. that's minor nitpicks out the way. 
now for the great stuff acting yeah. acting across yeah. the board Excellent, excellent, excellent. Yeah. Even right now to the chick who plays Vanessa. When she comes in, well, it's yeah. near the end. And you take it, oh, she's gonna be, you know, a little hesitant of of, of Wilson because of what he's doing. And yeah. she just kinda comes into it one time, but I was like, yeah. shit. Yeah. Oh, that's what we do it. Okay. And yeah. you buy into it. You buy into it. Speaking of Wilson Fist though, Vincent Diofrano as yeah. Wilson Fist, aka Kingpin. Uh, this guy needs to needs to get nominated for Emmy or Golden Globe. Please, please nominate this guy. This man come true once again with a powerful performance. Right? And what I love about him is that, like, like I don't know. Every time I was seeing him with Vanessa, I was getting like this Beauty and the Beast kind of vibe. Whereas, like, he wants to do good. He wants to be good and be, you know, by Vanessa's side. But he is still that monster, you know, that monster that we, we fear and, and hate. And he can't help it, you know, it's just part of his psyche. But I love how he just, that duality about him. Because there is a lot of good in him, I don't get me wrong, eh? There's a lot of moments where it's like, but yeah, this man kind of misunderstood, you know? But then afterwards, he would do things, especially to cover yeah. his own ass. And it's like, God, boy. There's even one moment involving him in the backseat with a, with a cup. I was like, Imagine. I know... <laughs> We get I, I, remember, I remember from season one, man, that like guy that with a card. Oh, yeah. I remember that moment. I was yep. waiting for something like that to happen again. Eh? I was like, oh, okay, this is this is happening again. I was waiting yeah. for it. I finally was like, okay, this is what I love about King Peter. You could tell that he just has this bottle of rage inside of him, Jared. And even when he yeah. talks, the way how he delivers his lines, like, I must, duck, 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 you know, me, he will kind of raise his voice a little bit. Like he would try to talk normally, and you just always raise his voice now, almost like just that rage, just just trying to to kind of force itself out of him now, you know. And just yeah. just just those little nuances with the character, I loved. Um, Chris Cox once again, Charlie Cox, sorry, as Matt Murdock, yeah. um, loved his performance as well. I bought into his redemption story, how he rose up. Um, the final episode where he confronts um, Kingpin Shed. That was yeah. I was like, my god, Dred, this is this is this is amazing, Dred. Like I am yeah. buying into his rage, I'm buying in the just just the emotion that he put into that into that um into that, that episode, boy, it was just amazing. Um the supporting cast is great as well. I mean Deborah Ann Wall playing Karen was great. The um you know, I love how they develop her character as well. Same thing with Eldon Henson, who plays um uh, Foggy. Um Jay Ali who plays um Nadim. Great performance yeah. as well. Like I was yeah. at, at at first, I was wondering what his role was going to be because he kind of comes in near the end of episode one. I was like, okay, what's the point of his character? But how he's worked into the to the to the overall um you know story, you know, was was just excellent. Like I I really bought into his character as well. I felt really sorry for him just being in this position where you can't get out of it. You literally can't get out of it, and you literally can't trust anyone. But boy, yeah. Wilson Bettel, boy, who plays Poindexter. Wow. Ah. <laughs> His thing with, yeah, he was hard. At first, I was, I was telling myself, all right, he going to play the cliche schizo guy, you know, hearing right. weird right. sounds. And, oh, and by the way, points for the sound design, the, point, the sound design for this was on point. Like, like in the early episodes, there's moments where, you, like, you know, like, um, well, we, we learned that, um, that, um, uh, we learned that, that that Matt had, you know, problems hearing from his right ear. Yeah. So literally, yeah, Dred, you were hearing from, like, the left 
side of like the left speaker and like the right is muffled Jen. like trust me just yeah. hear that hear that shit with headphones Jen, and trust me you'll be like wow this this really sell it right but anyway um but back to to wilson right who plays poindexter he was fearsome he was menacing he was creepy Jen. this this subplot with him and this chick called julie I was like, all right, yeah, this this nah. dude is, is creeping me the hell out. It kind of sad yeah. when they think about it then, but what I like though is that he does not play the archetypal, you know, psycho guy, you know. There is depth yeah. to him. Not a lot of depth, but depth to the point that you'll understand how he could get corrupted so easy. And that's the thing. He gets, gets corrupted so right. easy they, to they, it. They make, they, make, they make that whole narrative work really, really well in terms of how Kingpin going to get to him and whatnot and how Kingpin has worked work on people there. And that, yes, that yes. is why I enjoy that Dex, Dex character really. Like, you can see why he would have break down and why things didn't work. Because he needed, it's not about the money with his job. It was about the job. Yes, yes, yes. I, I, it was, yeah. And I, and, I follow that mid-sense. Yeah. And that episode that you mentioned where you got to see, um, we got to see Point Nexus' backstory. Just from a yeah. visual perspective was done perfectly, yeah. in my opinion. I just love how they yeah. do that. Um, it doesn't take up a lot of time, but it just gives you enough info for you to understand, you know, what had him all messed up. And then also to his skill set. Just how skilled he is with using these these objects yeah. as projectiles. But when you see it in action, like I say, it's yeah. amazing and it's terrifying, Jared. Like yeah. you do not want to be you do not yeah, want to be in front of that guy, Jared. Yeah, he's literally turned anything into a weapon. Yeah, boy. The way how he ricochets to you is even yeah. even scarier when you think about it, too. Like, it looks badass, but it's yeah. kind of scary when you think about it. The yeah. confrontations with him and the real daredevil, badass. Yeah. Like, the first yeah. fight, see, with the, with, with the two of them in the, in the um, newspaper um, yeah. building, badass. Love that, right? Yeah. I love that. This is, like, one of the rare examples where the mirror match thing actually works. It'll be like, yeah. I know we always kind of... Why, why it was good is that, the, you, you know, you know, when Matt get close to him, he can really fight physically. But then yes, when he yes. gallops that distance, that is it. Matt yeah. can't take him off the distance now. He could just because had a involvement some scissors that was like real pressure. Yep. <laughs> my God, that, that scissors sees by that's this had McCringe. And yeah. dude, I don't know how this pull it off though, but them long take action scenes, Jed. Like that Listen. episode four. What are the yes. probably the best I have seen in that series, yeah. hands down, Jed. And yeah. I don't know, like, I was watching this thing, I was waiting to see, oh, this is where they cut. This is where they, 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 they stopped the camera, and then they sat the back rolling because they had to get the actors prep and whatnot. But I couldn't even spot it, you know. Yeah, it was, I, I, it was so hard to notice. I know that could be an actual long take, but that was real hard to notice, right? Yeah, boy. I was watching it, I was like, all right, they're going to creep behind a wall, or they're going to stop at that one point, or they're going to arc, they're going to move the camera and shoot, focus on the roof and, and then they'll come back down. I couldn't like, You know what I like about the long take? Here's where the smart part about the long take. They actually put plot-relevant elements in the long take. Yes, so yes, not, yes, yes. So you're not paying attention to the long take. Because usually when they do a long take, it'll just be this big action sequence. It'll just be a big set piece that just is about resolving some fight or something like that. You know, True Detective did it. You know, yeah. Daredevil Season 1 did it. You know, shows us do it. But this time they put Plot elements in, so I now paying attention to the plot. Not really. Mm. Oh shit, they ain't cut yet though. Yeah. I didn't sit until after. Like, wait, that was a big long sequence though. And then yes. they had a. <laughs> the only part of that scene, scene that just kind of little off is where the taxi drivers waited for him. But then, oh, no. <laughs> I know. Like, like you please forget about that taxi driver. Like oh shit, wait, he there? Wow, right. all that time. <laughs> yeah, but he was there the entire time. But when you realize after, it's like oh shit, he was dead because my mom had the drug inside him. 
Yes. And it was somebody else. It's like, well, yeah, the taxi yeah. driver get killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, definitely. Yeah, but that 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 scene blew me away. Just like I literally had a pause show. I'd be like, all right, that happened. Okay, let me take a breath. Let me drink a little bit of water. Let me get back yeah, to the show. Right. But that, that that was hard. That was hard. That was hard. Um, but yeah, just oh yes, and um, once again, directing is strong cinematography. Next to yeah. perfect, in my opinion, music, yeah. which I don't know for me, kind of remind me a lot of Dark Knight. Still worked in, in terms of set of the tone, you know, the orchestral music they used yeah. there was just dark and dreary, but it worked well. And speaking of Dark Knight, like I said on Facebook, this is the Dark Knight of the of the Daredevil series thus far. Yep. I was saying that too. Is like this to me is like what this is the season two that we should have gotten. No offense. Yes. I actually like season two of Daredevil, but this is what season two should have been, Trent. And then you could go all fantastical, like what The Dark Knight Rises is, which I love, and I still defend that I see the best movie of 2012, in my opinion, but it went fantastical, right? Let's 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 yeah. be honest about that. Yeah, you could have go all fantastical with, with season three and bring the hand and, you know, boring ninjas and all that kind of stuff, right? But in terms of why why I also compared to Dark Knight too is because of Wilson Fisk and just how he just had his hand in so much things there. He just basically brought the the the, uh, the city to chaos, similar to Joker, you know, and just how the police was involved, how the FBI was involved, how he couldn't trust anybody, how everybody was on edge, how everybody was was scared, you know, even Karen in particular. You, you saw yeah. the fear in her eyes, basically. You know what I mean? And yeah. just how everybody just get through off because of one guy. And just that plan and how he orchestrated. I was yeah. like, this is Dark Knight, right? This is just yeah, that, uh, that level of greatness. It's that it, it did that whole... Like, it really felt like Dark Knight fan fiction. That is not an insulted writing here. It's like a no, really no, no. good... It felt like... Say, you know, it really felt like, hey, what if we do Dark Knight for Daredevil and we sit down with it and make it, have it make sense and yes. flow really well? And that's why I like yeah. the Ray character so much because his character was such a great point of view character from the for the whole shebang. Yes, like, yes, yes. How deep this rabbit hole is go from his perspective now because he's just a normal dude. And yeah. you know, this shit this just go real dark and deep real fast now. Because it, it was really like when it had the big reveal involving why they call the character the Kingpin, it's like, damn, that was like he give up moment now. Yeah. He really <laughs> point now. Yeah. Yeah, that was like like way, and then right after you do your testimony, and then have another low point again. Um, <laughs> well, without the dream, I was like, yeah, boy, this is real brutal, though. Yeah, boy, yeah, yeah. They all make it work, Jordan. They, yeah. they, it's very conscientious script writing for the most part. They cover it all is. the bases. Um, I didn't have any major issues in terms of like what action sequence could flow, where it was nothing. I mean, at least compared to the other Netflix films, like yeah, okay, it's not a masterpiece, and have a little couple problems here or there, but this was just well done, Jordan. Well done. I, I, I totally agree with you. Um yeah. for, for me what 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 really makes the what really makes the series work. Sorry, what really makes the season work is just the moral center of everyone involved. But you can tell that it's not just black or white, you know, it's not just good or bad. It's people motivated mostly by emotion, especially with Wilson. There's always something emotional about him. And at first yeah. you kinda you kinda like uh, so that's that's really why you're doing it for you're really doing it for for Vanessa yeah. like Vanessa G. but exactly. then when you when you learn more about his character what he's doing and then when how it's played out where it's, where it's executed it's like yeah I buy into that and then when Vanessa steps into the scene and what she does it's like oh okay now things get <laughs> gave even better for him you know what I mean yeah exactly but yeah but, I, well, well, there's a little side story I liked where um he wanted the painting back from a person who had the painting and the, the person who's the real owner of the painting that's yeah. the speed from season one. I thought that was great. And then they, yeah. they addressed like how he 
um, like I thought they had spent a little more time fleshing that out, but I, I, I like what they did where Bullseye gets the painting and he was kind of angry about that. Yeah. It had these small little character moments that I thought was great. Um, so stuff like that. Yes, it was yes, just yes. well done. Yeah. Um, and, was, and, sorry? Foggy's arc. Like what they do with Foggy's arc and Foggy's perspective and how he had to suss, suss it out and how Foggy got caught up in the bullshit with the family. Like, yeah. wow, fiscal. Yeah, that, that was great as well. Yeah, um, this stuff involving his family and him him feeling as if they are kind of holding him back from, you know, doing what he needs to do to, to save the city. Yeah. Uh, but I do agree with you in terms of um, the, the nun, Sister Maggie. Um, I did wish that there was at least one episode where they kind of touch on, you know, just that relationship between the two. Not spend a, a whole majority of time on it, but just kind of really showing how big a deal this is to, to Matt's life, right? But, yeah. you know, apart from these old nitpicks, though, I would say, yeah, this is the best season of Daredevil so far. I was, like, watching this thing and asking myself, all right, I really love it this year, but I try to remember like if I enjoy if I enjoy this as much as the first season, and I would say I enjoy this one more than than season one. Much I mean, more, yeah. Season one is greater, but this one is wow. No, this, the thing, heads the and shoulders thing, above. Like. The thing with the double season one is that for me, um, I didn't expect that shit to be so good at the time. Like when yes. that first came, I was like, wait, they they actually real step it up and they actually sit on with this, and so nobody like because that was like nobody thought it would be that good. Like, it had a good trailer and whatnot, but, like, nobody thought it would be that good. And then season two came out. Everybody liked it. I didn't like it all that much. Um, mostly because it just didn't flesh out Punisher enough, in my opinion, whatever. And then with, and then with, with Luke Cage and Iron Fist and, and just, well, Jessica Jones was pretty good, but Luke Cage and Iron Fist was just really middling intermittent content. I was like, all right, this stuff going to start a wind down in terms of quality. But now, boy, they really, like, pull out all these stuff to the writing in this one, and this, everything just worked, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I totally agree with you, Jed. So, rated time one time. For me, this gets a light four and a half out of five, by This is yeah. one of the best TV shows. Well, TV series of a TV show, I should say. Sorry. Yeah. Seasons of a TV show I have seen in 2018. You yeah. need to see this as soon as possible. Uh, <laughs> yes, it is 13 episodes. I mean, I guess, you know, hate it or love it. But, you know, apart from the slow start, it just keeps it just picked up from there, just kept going. The last three, four episodes, boy, just had me on edge. The finale had me on edge, but I was like, yeah. My God, this is so intense. Why is this thing so intense? <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, I, I totally love the season here. Uh, I don't know if this is gonna be the, the end of, of the end of I really hope not, because you can't come with up with right. a strong season as this and then say, nah, that's it, we done. See us, see us next time when, when Disney does its own thing, you know. Nah, boy, right. this is, I mean, from the beginning, this uh, Daredevil was always like, you know, just the cornerstone for, you know, just these great Netflix shows. And it just proves once again why it is the best thus far. I mean, say what you right. want about Iron Fist and Luke Cage and Jessica Jones and Punisher, which is weird because I was expecting a season two of Punisher this year, but we didn't get. So are we getting right. anything for Punisher? I, I think don't know. early next year. Very early next year. Okay, well, all right. I'll look out for that. But yeah, boy, no. this hands down is one of the best TV shows I've seen, or seasons of a TV show, I should say, that I've seen in yeah. 2018. Do not skip on Daredevil season three. Don't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, your return. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll put this up there as well. Um, I didn't expect this to be this good because I, again, stuff was winding down with the Netflix shows. Not thinking, alright, they're gonna start a half asset now. Nope, they come real good. Um, yeah, this this probably gonna make a top top ten top top. 
top of the year for me. Probably even a top five. Not sure. But this, this was excellent. Um, I had to sing this high prices. And I will give this probably like a 8.5 or 9 out of 10. Just very, very high well score. Done. Yes, yes. Basically like a IMAX type level rating. Um, yeah, I really like this series. This was really well done. Yeah, yeah. Tag, tag, you. Um, sorry, not, not Netflix. Tag, you. For, for, for making us believe in the MCU TV universe again. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, with all that being said, Ricardo, where can we find you online? I'm Pasat, R-M-E-D-D-Y, that is at R-M-E-D-D-Y on Twitter. And then you can just type in Ricardo Medina on Facebook. You should find me there. All right. You can also find me on Twitter as well. Just look for Legally Black MJB. MJB, I capital letters. You can also find me on Facebook, just look for my name, Matrimedia, along with a Legally Black blog, official fan base, where you find a link to this podcast, as well as the other stuff we've done over the past couple of years, including retrospect reviews. Uh, so stuff to look forward to next month. Um, I think we're supposed to get Bohemian Rhapsody at a point in time next month. Yeah, that, well, all the big movies are sort of wind, sort of piling now. Um, yes, yes. So I, I, the movie I'm pretty excited to see is First Man that should be coming out, I think, this week. Yeah, unfortunately, I wouldn't get to see it this week because uh, your boy, your boy, going LVK, much deserved, right. I would say. But I will make the effort to check that out, or I'll try to check it out. I should say, uh, you know, upon my return, right? So yes, right. first part is what I want to see because I was curious to see what Damien Chazelle was up to. Yeah. Uh, like at that point in time, I actually thought that he kind of gave up on making movies because of what happened with the uh, with the with the Oscars. But <laughs> but I'm glad that you know he is still making. Well, I hope create films and yeah, I mean Ryan Gosling's in it uh, as well. So at, at least there wasn't any like animosity with them. Like, hey, I could have won Best Actor, but whatever, you nah. give it. You know, Emma Stone, she wasn't great, whatever. But moving along, right? Yeah, so she, there's she, that. Uh, <laughs> look, whatever she wins, she Oscar. Cool. I I yeah. I, I don't complain, right? Uh, I cannot complain because she is literally the worst in the category. Whatever. <laughs> <sighs> However, uh, Widows is supposed to be coming out very soon as well. Can't wait to see yeah, that. Um, yeah, we're supposed to be getting that Fantastic Beast sequel, The Crimes of Grindle. Grindle. Uh, all the... like... Yeah, this, like, it, it looks better than the original one, like the, the first movie. I mean, the first movie was I, like, I liked it. It was okay. Yeah, my, but... my problem, eh? Yeah, my problem with this, this Harry Potter thing, this new Harry Potter prequel stuff, right? What I wanted is, like, I really wanted. Pokemon meets the Harry Potter universe. So I, I wanted a big adventure and we learned about them animals. I mean, oh, more, okay, I, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, agree with we you. Get more, like, plot bullshit involving some evil wizard shenanigans. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, it's, it's like, wizard politics. That, oh, look at yeah, that. Oh, look at that. Like, we'd get out with Voldemort. That done. Have it be about them animals. Like, just animal adventures. and you, you had a, I, Really? Whatever. Moving yeah, on. And, and I do even think, well, apart from that sneak thing that was in the trailer, I think that's probably the only animal we're going to get in that sh- in this sequel. Yeah. Yes. But whatever, I mean, I want to see Johnny Depp be a villain again, so maybe that might yeah. be good. And yeah, that's pretty much about it. So once again, guys, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whatever this is. This was Machi Bailey and Ricardo Medina. And we are signing off from another episode of Bears Beats and Bailey. So until the next one, take care, peace. Yeah, 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 yeah.